Hey everyone, uh, Christian here. I am the director and co-creator of the Once and Future Nerd, and I am joined today uh, by Zach Glass, who is my co-writer, co-creator, and we also have uh, with us uh, Ian Harkins, who is our uh, stalwart narrator, and we have uh, Greg Schultz, who plays Yellowin, uh, among several other characters, and later we'll be joined with, by a few other uh, cast members, and we're going to be answering your guys' uh, questions today based on the uh, the Twitter responses and the, and the subreddit questions that, that you guys asked, and it's the first time we're doing something like this, and we've been really excited by the response, and um, we think it'll be a good time. Uh, but before we uh, get into the questions, real quick, um, why doesn't everybody say one thing that they've been uh, doing this week that that's been cool? Let's uh, let's start with with Zach. Zach, what have you been up to? I have been watching a lot of the new StarCraft expansion, which just released on beta the other day. Oh, nice! So I'm I'm super excited about that. What have they? And wasting far too much time on it. Yeah, of course. What are they? What are they adding? They're actually, they're changing a whole bunch of things to the game, which is kind of cool. It's like a, a whole different thing. They basically managed to chop out the most boring first five minutes of the game and just start at the exciting parts. Nice. So that's that's a good deal. And they added a whole bunch of new units that are all much more difficult to use and all sorts of cool stuff. Cool. Ian, what, are, uh, what have you been up to? I mean, whatever I say is going to pale in comparison to that. Um, I, uh, I have, um, uh, well, not to be boring with uh, with shop talk, but I have been in the middle of like a week's long worth of uh, an audition and series of callbacks for a, um, I suppose, a an investment company who shall remain nameless. They're doing uh, some commercials. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. So working. Yeah, working. Trying to <laughs> fi- finding ways to. Yeah. Nice, nice. nice. Always, always good. Uh, Greg, what have you been getting up to? Um, I've been working on. Uh, I'm I'm hoping to um, start streaming video games soon. Oh, nice. Oh, seriously? Um, yeah. So I'm thinking about doing that, and my roommate's moving out uh, next week. So instead of getting a new one. <laughs> well, we just we'll talk see. about the fun things yeah. instead of talking about the boring things. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is mostly just to kick myself in the butt uh, and force myself to do something new. But um, it'll, I'm sure it'll stress me out for the first like three months that I'm doing it. But sure. are you we'll are happens. you thinking about going like full time streamer? Uh, not right away by any means. But I mean, if that becomes a viable option, then yeah, that I'd love to do that. But nice. We'll see. Cool. Let me know how that goes. I always kind of dream about dropping out of grad school and doing that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll see. That's we'll, mostly what I end up watching. Like if I'm at work or if I'm just sitting on the computer, I'll just watch uh, live streams or YouTube Let's Play videos. So we'll see what happens. Nice. Yeah. Let us know when uh, when that goes up and we'll definitely have to share the, the links and everything. Yeah, it'll, it'll still be a while, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been getting into uh, Pillars of Eternity, which I I foresee being a a pretty significant time suck for me. That that game's uh, pretty pretty awesome. Um, I had never I never played like Baldur's Gate when that was out, and then I tried to play it 
recently and it was just like this sounds stupid but the graphics were just like too crappy for me to enjoy it but then Mm -hmm. everybody just like raved about pillars of eternity and i watched you know a bunch of let's plays and i was like yeah i kind of may need to get this game and it's i'm like two hours in uh and uh it's pretty it's pretty awesome so far nice nice all right so uh should we get into some uh some listener questions yes yeah let's do it all right let's do it so our first uh set of questions uh comes from reina on reddit and uh, I don't know the gender of Reina. Uh, I'm going to say they, and Ian is going to yell at me because that is supposed to be <laughs> plural. And I'm going to say, screw you, because an English speaker will understand what I'm saying, and I'm not saying he or she 30 times. So they, they first ask and then cross out, so when does Ayurana fight and crush the Red Moors and the Rebels simultaneously? Uh, we obviously are not going to answer this question. Um, I mean, nice try, uh, but um, I think can we uh, can we say something like tantalizingly cryptic? Is that you think we can? I mean, I've 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 uh, gotten Christian drunk personally in his sleep a couple of times, and uh, <laughs> he just mutters things that you wouldn't believe. I'm, I I've already said too much. <laughs> I don't remember any of that. That's a problem. <laughs> Ian and I need to have a very long talk. Well, that was tantalizing and cryptic, just yeah, not necessarily not, not related the to the what's wanted, a future nerd. Yeah, not the way we wanted. Um, I'm I'm gonna say about this about the game about 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 like where the story is going. Like, don't get me wrong. But but you it's you know where this you know as far as I know where the story is going. We've we've recorded the end in case that's not cl- anyway. <laughs> all right all right. Here's what here's what I'll say for for Reina. I would say that's a good question. You may wish to rephrase it by the time we finish book one. What do people is that is that a a fair yet cryptic statement? Would people say? Yeah, I know what happens, and I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm not 100 sure. It's cryptic enough for me. So <laughs> yeah. All right. You know what? We're gonna leave it there. Sure. And if people want to go back and listen a million times, like this is lost, they can go ahead and do that. Short version. Keep keep listening to the show. Yeah, please, please keep like listen. If you're putting up with with us talking, you're obviously invested in the show. So stay invested. Um, okay, but then Reina's serious question is, uh, what is the hardest part about doing this? Uh, they say you mentioned being worried by certain issues in the neckbeard mancer thing, which is a kind of great name that Reyna has come up with for uh, Renaud Desprey. The question is really, what is the hardest part um, about doing this? And the, the listeners seem to be most interested in, like, you know, when we deal with some sort of real-world issue in the show. But I think uh, a lot of people are going to find different things difficult uh, about about the show. So So why don't we talk... Uh, a little bit about that. Yeah, so if you're starting with the specifically Reyna was asking about Renault the Neckbeard Mancer, 
it it is a thing that we we spend a lot of time thinking about where we want to be uh rooted in a comedic show we want to be funny we want to make people laugh but we also want to talk about the serious things and it is sometimes a tough line to to walk so so that's that's my my answer is figuring out how we managed to make for example Renault hilarious but also not skipping the issues yeah yeah i mean i think it's kind of um it's like doing the doing the kind of mental homework to figure out um where to put the, the like how to put the jokes in the right place you know um and like make sure we're we're always uh doing that i think i you know obviously we deal with like there's a lot of stuff about you know um race and class and gender that's that's pretty serious uh in the show but i think we were the most nervous about renault because that particular issue felt the most raw like at the moment we were doing it you know yeah and even just to go beyond issues for a moment, there's still, even, I mean, those are big things to think about, but even like sitting with an episode where we have, you know, exposition, 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 character development, exposition, we'll go back and say, where's the the funny part or where's the thing that makes people interested in this? So it's always sort of balancing act between the two. Where can we squeeze in a joke that's mm. not cheap and adds to adds to the episode instead of detracts from it while keeping things sort of entertaining and moving forward yeah okay so so zach your answer is pretty much like um making sure we stay funny while still doing the things we want to do yeah yeah that's a good way to put it good answer um all right ian as 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 an actor what's what's been the hardest thing uh for you um well i mean let me take a moment actually to say that the things that you're addressing with your answer, I mean, I think you've done your homework really well enough that as the actor, then I I don't feel like, you know, I don't think we've done anything cringeworthy as far as what we've done, though, like, we've tackled some some deeper issues. Like, you've, you've written it well enough, both of you, that um, it, it feels like it flows and that it does actually illuminate a world and a story that you want to tell well, thank um you. yeah um but um you know how i would address you know, what is the challenging part from my end as an actor is, is is different from how the creators would work um i suppose we are in a room for about eight hours yeah. at the time and a lot of that is just me and Ian and there. a lot of that is the is the two of us sort of banging through things and um trying to um especially if i do things out of sync the narrator will sometimes be uh be looped in later sometimes with the actors and so i've got to make sure that i understand very well what is going on in the scene and you know, I've never been filmed doing this, but I look absolutely ridiculous when I'm when I'm doing it. Like most most everybody is, is sitting down. I'm I'm standing up and I'm sort of gesticulating wildly all over the place to try to give it a little more um, zest, I suppose. So, 
um, doing that for, for eight hours, being unawares of the passage of time, <laughs> can, can be a challenge. Yeah, no, I think that's, yeah, there's so many, so yeah. many hours of the recording is just me and Ian, just like, uh, Ian, Ian and I, just like <laughs> working our way through all the, all the narration and then all the crazy other little voices that I make him do, uh, like the head priest and like, all right, how do we get this take? <laughs> how do we get this take we need without blowing out Ian's voice for the next three hours that I need him for? Oh, um, yeah. Um, and, uh, another hyper challenging part, part is obviously Christian's terrible grammar. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, we argue about split uh, split infinitives constantly. We do, yeah. It's is the that, worst is, debate. It is like that's oh god. Is I, that constantly what you're talking about? Often, yes. It, yeah. <laughs> if I was clever enough, I would come up with a sentence with a split infinitive in it right now, but I'm not. Uh, yeah. That's that's what my brain was trying to do, and then it didn't get there. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, what's what's what would you say is the challenge for you? Um, I, I think the the biggest challenge, and we've talked about it before. We had a whole episode about it, but just like taking on a new role, uh, that's in kind of making it my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that's um, you know, I've been more. I felt better about it. Now, mm-hmm. as we've gone on, which yeah, is nice. and he's done several chapters with us. Yeah, yeah. so it's it's uh, I, I'm getting to a more comfortable place, but now it's more uh, making sure that I actually sound how I think I sound in like my head, mm. kind of getting that disconnect because I really like doing like character actor kind of stuff and like being a very different person in each kind of role. Right. So when when I'm doing like the little side characters. Uh, I really try to go all in on different things rather than try to be the same one. I don't know if I necessarily do that or I'm trying to get better at it as I go along, but uh, we'll see. I mean, but to, I mean, to circle back to what Ian said, because you guys have written it so well and like in a safe, not, not in a safe way, because we're clearly going after certain topics, but in a smart way it makes it so it's much easier to go at those characters and at those scenes uh, with full force, which is, which is pretty cool. Oh, thanks. Uh, thank you. Thank you both for, for flattering us. Um, I think, uh, I think something for me, I, um, you know, I do think we've done a pretty decent job being uh, smart about things. I, I hope at least. And uh, part of it for me is knowing that like, just as as a statistical fact, at some point we're gonna screw it up. Like at some point we're gonna <laughs> do a joke wrong, and like it's gonna happen. And I kind of just hope that um, if that happens, uh, someone will tell us about it, and that me as a as a creator that I'll have kind of the the maturity to to respond in a in a helpful way and not a and not a, a defensive way. You know. Um, I think uh, neckbeard answer is very funny. I have actually heard some concerns expressed that, like, um, the term neckbeard, I mean, like, in one way, it's such an illustrative term, but on the other hand, like, it it might be just, like, a form of body shaming that's acceptable because it's always applied to, like, men we don't like, but that's that's a really tiny 
issue. But like, I know we're going to screw something up at, at some point. So I hope I handle that well um, when we do. The other hard thing uh, for me is uh, because we've got such an awesome, talented cast, like these guys are out, you know, making moves. They're, do- they're doing awesome stuff. They're on, you know, TV and it like important New York theaters and improv and audiobooks and all this awesome stuff, like getting everybody uh, in a room together at the same time is always uh, like that's when when I lose some hair. Um, I like that you I got lumped into the whole doing cool things in theaters and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But you're you're in a band. That's awesome. Oh, right. To that point, uh, we have several cast members uh, who could not phone in live for this uh, Q&A, but are going to answer some questions for you. Uh, recorded separately, so I'm going to pause right now and we'll let them uh, speak to what uh, is hardest about doing this. Uh, We're going to hear from Rhiannon Angel, who plays uh, Nia primarily. I think the hardest part is, is, so we we record about every month or so. Um, We do a a new chapter, and it's kind of hard to get back into the flow of the characters and the, the character's world when you, you've been away from it for a while. Um, so that that's kind of difficult. Um, as far as issues that the show deals with, it, I mean, it's my, my own personal political ideologies match up and align with what the show is saying. So I'm not bothered by it in the least. <laughs> I'm actually, I really enjoy it and find it to be fairly refreshing. We're going to hear from uh, Dan Dabransky, who's uh, Traft, and uh, Ardell Redmore, and a bunch of other male characters. Scheduling is always the hardest part, working with so many people. I mean, there's so many different actors working on this, and, you know, they have to schedule the space, and I wish we would all have time that we work together. There's been very few times where we've all been in the room. I've been in there by myself with just Christian many a time. Actually, the last time I recorded was in his apartment. Uh, you know, it's it, in a perfect world, everything would work out and people wouldn't have other projects that they're working on or lives outside of this project. But that is life. And uh, we're going to hear from uh, Anya Gibeon, who plays uh, Regan and Arlene, again, among others. One of the hardest parts about doing this has actually been a couple of difficult acting challenges, especially for me, for Arlene, she has such a damaged and difficult past. Um, and it's, and yet she has to be so strong and finding her strength in where she's come from has been kind of difficult. Um, and also her discovery of her sexuality has been, um, a, an interesting acting fun challenge uh, to do with just voice. Um, Christian asking me to sigh pleasurably is uh, an interesting uh, voiceover challenge that I didn't expect to run into at the beginning of this project. But that's been kind of fun. It's been kind of fun to learn and grow with these characters and to test myself and challenge myself in what I can express with just my voice. 
pause, edit, 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 yada, da, da, da. Don't edit that out. <laughs> Just leave it in. Just, Just leave, leave it. it in. Just awkward. We're awkwardly talking over our <laughs> friends. Okay. Our next question uh, comes from ScrewBUHarvard2 on Reddit, uh, which is pretty sure uh, a friend of ours uh, that we know, but uh, this friend. Uh, has not explicitly consented to have his name read on air, so he will continue to be Screw BU Harvard too. And he asks, it is confirmed, by the way. We're not we're not just confusing this with a random person. This is definitely someone who we know. Okay, good. Uh, it would be pretty great if that was a random person who just had very strong feelings about BU and Harvard both sucking. Uh, but we'll take what we can get. Um, so do I do I know this person? I don't know. I think Greg does. Greg okay. definitely does. Yeah. I feel so... Wait, okay. can I say the name and we'll bleep it out? Okay, sure. All right, so this this is... This is yeah, I had a fake. Oh, yeah. Fake. I love bleep, bleep, bleep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, bleep, bleep, bleep asks, uh, what are your influences? Pop culture, current events, favorite books, movies, music, life experiences, overarching theories on the meaning of life. I'm really enjoying the references, jokes, and discussions that pepper the show's dialogue, and I'd love to hear what's behind them. Mm. Um, Anyone feel free to chime in. <laughs> At least on, on my end, for the, the accent and everything, it's, you know, you listen to the guy who came before, and then also... Uh, talked about like frank underwood and uh vampire bill um <laughs> but uh as far as like other influences that as far as voice acting go i don't know i'm really i really appreciate and enjoy christian shawl for her voice acting and mm. acting work um I'm like starting to kind of more appreciate because she often gets pegged as like, oh, well, she just does crazy overacting and it's all the same and everything. But to having now done it for a while, I can appreciate the amount of like emotion and expression that goes into it. just like watching Bob's Burgers and having uh, her be so expressive as this tiny little girl that does yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff is kind of amazing to listen to um and how she kind of captures all those uh emotions just the right way and i'm sure there's editing and everything that goes with it but i don't know That's yeah she, she has my... a lot of range as a as a voice actor has she i feel like she's done i saw her in something like i heard her i recognized her voice in something new is it adventure time has she done yep she's in adventure time she's in gravity falls She's in uh, Last Man on Earth. Oh, yeah, I hear that's good. I haven't watched it. Oh, it's so good. You gotta watch it. All right, All right I'll add it to my list. Um, but, yeah, she's, like, kind of... And, like I said, where I am kind of would like to... If I do acting, I'd like to do more character acting kind of stuff. Mm. Um, she's on my list of, like, people to kind of think about yeah, when going... She's... I, th I think you're right. She's underappreciated for for her range. Um, Ian, any any influences you can you can call to mind? Yeah, I've never told you this. Uh, the narrator is Stephen Fry. Oh, well, there you uh, go. Yeah. It's like major show revelation here. Yeah, no, um, that was what I used for my audition. Was the was the opening bit? Uh, 
imagine, if you would, what life is like for a rabbit. And um, really, I thought, like, okay, I've, I've, I, I've heard many, many sort of voice narrators over the time. Who do I think could, whom do I think embodies a wood sprite <laughs> most learned? And Stephen Fry stuck out. So I think he would be pleased to hear that. I, 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 I hope if he ever, if it ever does get back to him, Yes, I would hope that it would please rather than enrage him. But, um, um, yeah. Um, does but, he do uh, the? Uh, he does the Harry Potter. He audiobook? does the British Harry Potters. Yeah, and that's how I first. Uh, that's how I first heard him. Um, but um, beyond that, as far as influences, um, making sure that I get specific enough descriptions from you, really, mm. um, and. I'm able to picture somebody or relate somebody fictional or real to that character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the head priest was just someone I, uh, somebody I know who, um, who's constipated all the time. <laughs> well, no, just like uh, has had like a slew of health problems and, you know, if you amp it up and give this person like multiple organ failure, that's the head priest. <laughs> that sounds much less funny when you say it. Like yeah, that. that's real morbid. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, that's I try to like imagine that. Well, I don't know if you want to bleep this out or not, but I try to. And he's got, uh, he's got sort of caved-in lungs, and his back is sort of hunched over. <laughs> And maybe post-nasal drip that forces him to swallow a little. Yeah, that's that's him. It's disgusting and perfect. <laughs> and amazing. Yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. See, these are all the little choices that separate a great performance from a good performance. Well, thank you. A little specificity there with the post-nasal drip. <laughs> well, I'm a pretty big nerd. I read tons of fantasy literature and... Sometimes I play video games, not as much anymore, but I've, I think I've played all of the, you know, WoW and all of the, the big ones. I've played them at least a little bit. Um, love playing board games. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm just altogether really into the whole world of fantasy and wizards and knights and, and all that good stuff. What I like about this show is that it takes all of that good stuff and layers it on top of what I think are important social issues that are happening in our world today, in our real world. Um, and it's nice to, to use the fantasy framework to discuss, you know, important things that are really happening to us. I'm a huge fantasy nerd, um, and I love the uh, Song of Ice and Fire books, and I love... Um, I read the Wheel of Time series obsessively, kind of in throughout middle school. So kind of those references are where I'm coming from. But then also more contemporary things with um, Parks and Rec and having that female lead and 30 Rock are kind of two shows that I really love because they blend comedy with real issues and, and aren't afraid to make jokes about things that aren't just funny in a ha-ha sense, but funny in a, oh, shit, that is our society, and maybe that should change. So those are kind of my current obsessions. Zach, what do you got for uh, for writing influences? 
so I've I've probably said it before, but a lot of the the world building and magic building stuff I always say that the the author Brandon Sanderson is well, he's awesome and he's really like shaped how I think about how fantasy settings and magic settings should be. He has, I think, on his website an essay he wrote at some point that's called, like, Sanderson's First Law of Magic or something like that. And he describes, like, sort of a lot of, like, the cause and effect of magic systems and about how, like, the more or, like, the less explained the magic is, the less you can use it to solve the problem. So the example he gives is in Lord of the Rings, Gandalf is, like, super powerful but if he could just do everything, it would be really boring. If he was like, okay, I took care of it. The rings, it's all it's right, all done. Right. Don't worry, I got this. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was which, actually just discussing that on, on Reddit today about like, you know, there's a lot, a lot of people are like annoyed by the eagles. And it's, it's kind of an interesting thing that like, obviously Tolkien is doing a very, um, like, it's a very Catholic worldview and he wants magic to stand in for like, miracle in a catholic theological sense so it's like the magic only shows up when divine grace is needed and it yeah it doesn't it would be it would feel really cheap if it solved plot problems right and so not not to go go too spoilery but there is ways that you could think about you know where our our characters have magic that they can use to solve problems, but it's the balance of figuring out what's the limitations of what they can do so that it's still interesting and it's not just, you know, hey, look, they have superpowers, everything's over, the end. Right, right. And so to tie it back to the question, Brendan Sanderson was really, like, his... He he really like helped me think about that a lot. And he has a, a podcast called Writing Excuses. If anyone wants to listen to it cheap plug yeah i've heard it's really good i haven't gotten around to listening to it but you you talk about it a lot with very high praise yeah it's good i listened to the first season i think and i'm now a few seasons behind Mm. but that's okay they also they released a book about writing a book where they wrote like the the four co-hosts of this podcast Mm -hmm. wrote a book together specifically just using the suggestions they talk about Oh, in nice. their podcast. That's cool. So I need to get my hands on that book because that sounds cool. Nice. But um, so so there's that. And then separately, just video games in general. I like video games. Yeah. We've made tons of video game references yeah, yeah. throughout because video games are awesome. Oh, yes. I don't think that I was personally aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little subtle. You may have missed it. <laughs> Maybe there were hints if I look back. I, I don't know. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. They yeah. did. They did play the first scene from every Zelda game out. That's true. <laughs> I, like, I like that joke. I, looking back, I still like that joke. Um, yeah, I mean, if I start listing all my influences, it's gonna get really obnoxious and a- academic, and I'm gonna say things like catholic theological sense like i just said so i won't <laughs> i won't drag everybody through that but you know i read as much good fantasy literature as i can get my hands on and then i go on the internet and find what people have to 
say about it from you know various different ways of analyzing it and I play a lot of video games and then I try to write something worthwhile I hope so by which you mean you read as much good fantasy as I can recommend to you right exactly I mean I found some <laughs> stuff I read Dark Tower without you uh, just side note have you got any of you guys heard of the uh, Shadow Campaigns um, series of books by Django Wexler it has one of my most it has like my favorite reaction to magic uh, because like magic isn't really a thing and then mm-hmm. it shows up and basically the person just goes what the fuck ah! <laughs> just like their brain melts and they're just like I, what is happening okay before we continue with the questions I just wanted to take a minute to tell you guys about the Parsec Awards podcast nominations are open until May 31st of 2015 for the 10th annual Parsec Awards, which recognize excellence in speculative fiction podcasting. This year, there are 16 categories recognizing stories, full cast productions, audio dramas, videos, content creation, fan and newscasts, fact behind the fiction, new podcasters, music, comedy, uh, all that good stuff that makes the speculative fiction podcasting community awesome and nerdy and beautiful and uh shows are nominated by their fans and then selected by a committee of experts so it's fans get input but it's not just a popularity contest and if you want to find out more about how to nominate head to parsecawards.com and you should really check it out because it's a very cool thing and a great way for shows to get recognition All right, let's do the next question before I remember responsibilities. Um, so, uh, Scrooby U Harvard 2 also asks, um, are there any Christian Madeira, Zach Glass, Jess Kelly cameos we should be listening for? Because that would be uh, really sweet. Um, I have done uh, a couple voices. Um, I am uh, Bryce Riverfell. Um, I Bryce. am... <laughs> exactly. Um... I am, and I am uh, Renaud Desprey. If you're, uh, if you're caught up, um, Jess does the uh, the girl from the dreams. Who, uh, for those of you playing the home game and keeping score, uh, we have not forgotten about that that thread. Uh, it's still going on. There will be, and uh, the reasons why it hasn't shown up for a while will become apparent to you at some point. But we haven't abandoned that, uh, and. Uh, Zach is the only one who, of the, the three producers, Zach is the only one who hasn't had any cameos just because he's, he's remote. Am I right that uh, Jess's first cameo w- was uh, Mr. Fluffy Toes? Yes, you are absolutely correct. Uh, she was Mr. Fluffy Toes for the one, the like two lines that, that he had in the beginning. Um, we were originally, when we were first thinking about doing this uh, as an audio drama, we were thinking of having uh, Jess as the narrator, and then Ian sent us his audition tape, and Jess literally said to me, "You are an idiot if you don't pick him." So, did not know that. <laughs> I didn't know I wrestled the job away from that story. <laughs> so yeah, that's the that's the answer to to that question. Um, so real quick, both uh, both of these questioners came from Reddit. So thank you guys for for visiting our Reddit, and for everyone else. If you didn't know, we have a subreddit just for us. So 
go to reddit r slash once in future nerd and we've got some cool people like reina and scrooby you harvard too discussing most of our episodes so join in yeah and no, it's it's been now that people are starting to talk a little bit it's been a lot of fun and uh we we try to respond to to everything that we can so um if you like the show and want to like keep the conversation going uh, you should join. If you don't like the show and want to mess with us, just go on there and then it'll be more difficult for us to respond to everybody and we'll have a bad time. But either way, you know, keep the conversation going. Um, all right. So our next question uh, comes from uh, Tristan Boyle on, on Twitter. And I want to take a second uh, and give uh, Tristan's uh, show a, a shout out. Um, he does a podcast called The Anarchaeologist podcast, like Anarchy and Archaeologist, uh, the idea is to kind of make uh, archaeology um, accessible outside um, the academy. And I'm, you know, I'm always like pro expanding the reach of, of higher education. Uh, it is not a topic that I ever thought I had any interest in until I listened to his show. And the uh, the first episode, they talk about like archaeologically what the dungeon design in Skyrim says about the ancient Nordic religion in that universe it was like mind-blowing so yeah no it's kind of amazing yeah everyone should check out this show and also uh from the couple of interactions that I've had with him Tristan seems like a uh, really cool and smart guy and has been a very vocal supporter of the show uh ever since he heard about it so shout out to Tristan, and thank you for the questions. And his first one is, would you change any characters' voices if you started over? Actors, if you want to say that all of the good choices are yours and all of the choices you regret are mine, that's totally fine. <laughs> totally. I will fall on that sword for you. Um, um, no. No, I, I, I don't think so. I think that um, I think that I I did you know we're we're doing the best to give Christian what he wants instead of the character that he wants. Yes, everybody gives me what I want. Yeah, exactly, and he's really uh, fussy about it. I am the greatest man. (laughs) Kind of throws a tantrum when he doesn't get what he wants. (laughs) No, um, I think that it's it's specific and detailed enough. But uh, no, I would say no. All right, well, we're standing by everything we've done. Greg, anything you would change? Not that I can think of. Uh, just, I mean, it's constant. At least for me, I feel like I'm constantly kind of tweaking it more towards me, um, at least with Yellowine, but we, without the other work, I wouldn't have gotten to this point, so... No, I don't think I would have really tweaked anything. Well, shit, batting a thousand. I don't think I would change anything. I love that we get to play so many different voices. And yeah, sometimes the dialects don't really make a lot of sense. I mean, why are so many very, very different dialects all happening in the same region of the world? But that doesn't really bother me. It's it's part of the fun of the show. And, and so I, I kind of love that. As far as character choices, acting choices... um. My image of Nia has been for a long time that she's very sort of uh, straight-laced, or not even really straight-laced, but very in control of herself and in control of her feelings. And I think looking back at some of the earlier episodes, 
there might have been some room to have more of an emotional reaction when she's dealing with Jen, especially with Jen's growing ability to make lightning spells, which we know are heretical. And I think that it might have been a more interesting choice for me to have made her be a little bit more afraid of Jen rather than, I think I was trying to make her seem, you know, warm and caring and that she she cared about Jen and wants the best for her. But in a way, I think she should rightfully be a little bit scared of Jen too. And I, that's a, that's a acting choice I didn't make at the time and kind of wish that I had. To be honest, uh, I don't really feel like I had any big changes I'd like to make. I'm pretty happy with the way they've all turned out. I feel I was fortunate enough to have characters that were different enough where I was able to do different dialects and different attitudes and voices that make them completely different from each other. And it's fun for me and a nice challenge, too, to try to come up with all those minute little differences that make them who they are. If there's anything, there's maybe characters I wish would have lived longer. And uh, sadly enough, I can't remember their names, but there's that one. I, I spoke with a, like a Scottish accent, but it was really voice. I only had like one word that I said, and I got killed. Yeah, yeah outside of uh, that, I'm pretty happy with the way things have gone. Uh, you know, the cast is great, and producers, directors, writers, top-notch, baby. That was my Telly Savalas. I don't know if people know who he is, but he was alive at one point. If there's anything I could change about the characters, especially with regard to dialects, I don't know. It's been kind of interesting developing the dialect of Regan because it started out as a Boston accent, which has kind of morphed into Regan's own speech patterns with Boston-ish kind of changes, I suppose. So it kind of has changed over time um, to kind of become more of her character and how she speaks than necessarily a strict Boston accent. But Christian and Zach have been very flexible with kind of the actor's abilities and preferences and kind of this would sound cool or or how about this when they bring us ideas and we kind of fiddle with them. Um, I would say... Uh... Yeah, I mean, there's a couple, there's a couple little bit parts that I uh, wish I had given to someone more talented. Uh, but for for the most part, uh, I I am I am genuinely pretty happy how uh, how Renault uh, turned out. I I knew I found the voice when I was just like screwing around at home, and and uh, Jess was was cracking up, and Jess is like, she's like a very serious thinker about comedy and she's really funny but it like takes a lot to make her laugh out loud and so when Renault was was doing it I was like yeah this is this is the voice yeah, um, you were you were really excited to do that yeah it's a little disturbing um <laughs> I don't know because like he's like he's not the most he's not necessarily the most evil character we've ever written but he's just the most like shitty like if I can draw a distinction between evil and just like just, like you're just a shit. Like Renault is just such a shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was very exciting. I think it was like I don't know. There's a, there's a if I'm being completely honest, there's like a there's a younger version 
of my self that obviously wasn't nearly that bad, but like thought along some of those lines. And I mean, I think that just speaks to like how kind of endemic uh, it might be to the, to the culture. And uh, thankfully I, you know, figured things out before I, hopefully before I really hurt anybody, but like uh, there's, there's a certain joy in like, just eviscerating a shittier version of your former self. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think there's something fun about that. Um, okay, so I mean, I guess this, and then the next question, I guess, is related to the, a bit to the issues question um, from before. Uh, the question is phrased, you guys take modern issues and place them in an olden days time. How does it change your opinion of those issues? That's, that's kind of an interesting one. Uh, Zach, do you have any ideas about that? Well, I'd sort of flip it on the other direction. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we were kind of thinking about, and I guess Nelson sort of starts to realize, is that the issues are still the issues, regardless of the setting. Like, a lot of a lot of what makes it interesting is that we can look at the issues through a different lens, like a different perspective. Like a lot of things, you know, we're so used to seeing it from our, you know, modern American perspective. Right. Um, And just seeing like sort of how things are if you don't come, like if you don't just assume that it's the way things are. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's interesting because it's like one of the i think one of the pitfalls of of fantasy is that it has this certain even despite all like the magic and dragons and elves and stuff it has this air of uh historical verisimilitude about it that's like when you actually do the historical research there's a lot of modern assumptions that get baked into you know, a fantasy world that is ostensibly like, well, it was always this way and it, you know, totally wasn't in, in many, many cases. So I think what you're saying about having like, like seeing the new stuff through the old lens, but it's actually just the new lens, like in secret, you know what I mean? Like, I think that, yeah. um, I think that's a fun thing that we, we play with. Also, I like taking the opportunity to make fun of Apple devices. Yeah, it's always fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just uh, to take a modern thing in an olden time, I yeah, like pointing right. out that some things are pretty silly. Yeah, yeah. Um, actors, actors. Uh, is uh, is there anything that like the show is maybe recontextualized for you in an interesting way? How old Apple products and handbags <laughs> are. <laughs> I mean, I the the. If we're going with the the neckbeard mancer thing, was kind of it's like holy crap. Um, just kind of that like looking back on yeah, like a former self and being like, wow, I went through those thought processes. Like you know, you don't necessarily act on them, but that was like what your brain was doing at the time. Um, yeah, you're kind of taught to. Yeah, in some cases, um, just by you know, on different things, but yeah, it was that, that one, I don't know. That one was one in particular. I was like, Hey, 
hey, you, go listen to these two episodes, because <laughs> it's interesting, and look, it, I don't know. That, to me, was the, the, the kind of series that grabbed me the most, I guess. Um, but yeah. I'll just end that bit of convo by saying that uh, I think to a certain extent, like, to write about something well, you have to already pretty much know your, your feelings about it, but you always do find something new when you're kind of playing with it and, and rehearsing it. Um, so then uh, Tristan's next question is, how long has the show been in the making? Um, a very long time. Uh, let's see. I'm going to look on my computer and see what the earliest file I have. Really? Like, <laughs> we're talking like years before now? Or? Yeah, let's see. The earliest thing that I have is uh, dated... Um, it's a, a version of the prologue that we ended up not using, and it is from February 25th, 2012. <laughs> and then the first, we rehearsed, we like revised the script a million times, we rehearsed, we went into production, I think, in March of 13, I think. Yeah. I think that sounds about right. So, that was about when, yeah, that was about when I first auditioned for you. Yeah, so... A while is the the long and short answer to that question, um, and so now uh, our last last person to, to ask a question uh, is a a Facebook uh, follower uh, of ours who uh, has not consented to to give his name, but uh, asked some some very good questions that I thought the the listeners would be uh, interested in hearing. Uh, first one's a pretty simple, uh, easy one: How many chapters episodes uh, in book one? Um, there are uh, two chapters remaining in book one for a total of ten. Uh, chapter nine has five episodes in it, and chapter ten has four episodes in it, so there are uh, nine episodes uh, left, with the last one likely being uh, pretty long. So that's the, uh, that's the answer to that. Uh, and most of, most of the chapters are four episodes, with a few exceptions. So. Right. Roughly forty-five total episodes. Yeah, it's gonna be. I've I've thought about this a lot. I, I was very pleased by the fact that it's gonna come out to exactly forty-five. Nice. Yeah, forty-five. Cool. Um, let's see. Okay, will you be doing more uh, full chapter collections for anyone who uh, has? Uh, it was new to the show. Uh, around the this past holiday winter holiday season, um, we did a little uh, promotion uh, where we were. Um, uh, giving away full chapters with with no with no credit uh, breaks, um, and that's that's normally something that we give as a, a paid reward uh, on our Patreon page. But we were we were doing that uh, for free as a holiday promotion for, um, uh, f- and we we still have uh, all of uh, chapter one uh, in our feed, which we put up as a as a reward um, for uh, just getting to 10,000 downloads um, when we did that. Um, I don't I don't think at this point we can promise exactly what we're going to do, but I definitely, uh, Zach, would you say it's, it's safe to say we're going to do, we're going to do some sort of uh, audience uh, giveaway before, before book one is, is done. Do you say that's a fair? Definitely. Especially yeah. if people are interested in it, then we'll try harder to figure out the way to make it 
happen. Yeah. I mean, definitely like if you're listening to this, um, absolutely like write to us, um, let us know what you think would be a cool, uh, a cool thing to have as, uh, just like an audience loyalty giveaway thing. Like if you, if you, the, the full chapter collections were really working for you, you know, let us know if there's something else, um, you can write us, um, we're at underscore T O A F N on Twitter. Um, we're also yordic.princes at gmail.com. Um, there's a contact form on our website, oncefuturenerd.com. We have the- There's a subreddit. Yeah. You can, there's a Facebook page. Just get in touch with it. Uh, I check everything obsessively. I will see it. So, uh, let us know if you have, if you have thoughts. Uh, and I guess tied into that is a question. Uh, any- Oh, sorry. I wanted to say just real quick that, uh, the way I got a- a bunch of my friends to listen was to send them to the uh, the full chapter um, download. Mm. So the one for um, chapter one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was a helpful way tool of at least roping in some people. Yeah. But, okay. Sweet. Good. That's good to know. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess that ties into a, a somewhat similar question of uh, any chance of a dead tree edition. Um, this is something. I hadn't really necessarily thought about uh, until it was was asked, um, but that's of uh, you know, like adapting this into like an actual print uh, book. So I guess that's another thing where uh, I would encourage people to to write us and let us know if you know that there would be a, a market for that sort of thing or or what's up or or you know if you, if you have ideas for like ways you think the show could could branch out where we'd love to hear them and i'm gonna throw out a quick teaser cryptic message Uh if you think of other forms of dead plants and possibly cotton-based plants where we're working on trying to make that sort of dead plant stuff happen Uh (laughs) so that's that's something we're we're thinking about (laughs) that was that was even more cryptic than my bullshit before no it was much less cryptic (laughs) I, I, our our are listeners we, are smart people. I bet are, they all got it. Are we all right? Are we grubbing for money? Is that the maybe? Okay, all right. <laughs> Can neither confirm nor deny. We do have a Patreon with some really cool rewards if you want to support the show that way. It's uh, Patreon.com/slash/OnceInFutureNerd. Um, and then I guess this is this is a question. The last one uh, from the same same Facebook fan. Um, we should uh, acknowledge and then. Uh, completely uh, uh, chicken out of, of giving an answer. Uh, the question is, will book two come out immediately or uh, will there be a hiatus? Um, there's definitely going to be some hiatus uh, at the end of, of book one. Yeah, there will be some hiatus. Yeah. But, that's it. Yeah, that's all we got. Um, and we'll try to, we'll try to put out something of some sort uh in the meantime when there aren't episodes i think that's and and as as it gets closer to the end of the chapter we'll try and release more information yeah yeah i think that's that's the fair answer to that um all right so that that was the the list of questions we had Uh, i want to say thank you again uh to everyone who was was awesome enough to uh participate uh with us uh it really um, it's, you know, the internet can sometimes feel like you're just, uh, screaming into the void. So I, uh, <laughs> really cannot tell you how much it means to us to like have people 
um, actively engage with with the show that that like that is fuel for us. So uh, please feel free to keep uh, participating, and and we can't promise that we'll get to every single uh, one of your questions, but we'll we'll get to we'll you know we always try to interact um, as much as we can. So. Uh, thank you, and please keep uh, please keep doing that. Um, does anybody else does do you guys have uh, stuff going on that that you want to plug or, or or talk about? Um, if anybody wants to know what I look like, uh, tune into um, ABC's Forever. You can do that, um, uh, or else um, for any uh, native New Yorkers, I'll be directing a play in the summer. Uh, free on the Upper West Side, she stoops to conquer. Um, so if you um, if you just are in out in the summer's evening and feel like laughing, uh, come see Free Theatre, funded by uh, by the City of New York. Nice on uh, Riverside Park. Um, dates in July. Nice, cool. cool. Um, uh, I'll pimp my band. I'm in a band called Duckspeak. I'm the drummer. I do some backup vocals, but uh, we're going into the recording studio in the next couple weeks uh, for an album that is yet to be titled. To much uh, argument, um, but uh, we have a few shows in May uh, around the city, both in the Lower East Side and in Brooklyn. If you want to check us out, we're on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. Duckspeak. Nice. So uh, I also want to. Um, shout out to my uh, best friend Ian because I have haven't shouted out him yet. Uh, different Ian, just to different be. Ian. Sorry. Um, and uh, um, <laughs> that's the first Ian. That, that's the first that Ian found out he's not your best friend. By the way, so. sorry, Ian. Uh, really <laughs> over it yet? Sorry that it came out this way, but uh, no, uh, my buddy Ian um, really like pushed for me to do this, and I'm really glad that I did. And he's uh, he's actually in the Coast Guard uh kicking butt so uh just wanted to shout out to him nice well thank you for uh listening in and thanks for uh convincing greg to do this because he's definitely been an addition to the to the cast uh yeah. zach what do you what do you got i don't know thanks thanks everyone for listening to this <laughs> and to all our thousands of episodes yeah. hey thanks guys yeah you you make it all worthwhile yeah really like we really really mean that like otherwise we're just like yelling into a microphone and hoping someone listens <laughs> and, and christian would be uh, involved in video games at this point <laughs> way way too much yeah way too much way too much um yeah i'm uh i'm at ct madera on twitter uh personally the show again is at underscore toafn and um just yeah one more thank you for uh for everyone who tuned in, everyone who asked questions, and uh, we will be back at you in a couple weeks uh, with the premiere of Chapter 9. Uh, thanks, everybody. And Chapter 9, called Darkness on the Edge of Town, by Darkness the way. Darkness on the Edge of Town. Nice and foreboding. Uh, yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, uh, good night, everybody, and thank you. Good night. Yeah, good night. Good night.